Wise Pineapples, welcome to the Juicy Tidbits Podcast, where my mission is to energize you, your team, and your sweet results. I'm your host, Christine Trippy, the Chief Fun Officer here at the Wise Pineapple. Today, my amazing guest star is Bob Berg. Bob has spent over 30 years successfully showing entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales professionals how to communicate their value and accelerate their referral business. He is the co-author of The Go-Giver, which has sold over a million copies and has many prestigious recognitions, including, check this out, being ranked number 10 on Inc. Magazine's list of most motivational books ever written. Congratulations, Bob, and welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. No wonder you're a hospitality expert. My (laughs) goodness, you have a way of making someone feel very, very welcome. The the applause and all. Wow. The applause and all. Well, you are amazing. And I I always love to show the book, but I have your book in a Kindle format. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) So I've got it in here, everybody. Same same (laughs) note, right? Same words. Exactly, exactly. I love it. I lo- I loved your book. And I um uh actually heard of your book. I just did a uh Wise Pineapple Yes is the Answer workshop at a Kimpton hotel. And one of the participants said, Oh my gosh, have you read The Go-Giver? <laughs> and I'm like, I haven't. I said, Thank you for the recommendation. He says, Everything you talk about is is the ah. go-giver. You will love it. <laughs> ah, I love that. Wow. Yes. Oh, I loved it too. And then, so I immediately got it and I just, and then when I shared about it as my Sunday sensational read on my platform, you were so kind and generous. I mean, you're a busy fella (laughs) and you've got some major, major things going on and you took time out to thank me and you sent me a private message. And then that's when I said, Hey, um, you want to be on my show? (laughs) Well, and know. look at this. Here you are. You know what? I just think I just and have that's to- how that's- friendships get started. Yep. It's so awesome. So <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you for um for for really also walking the talk. That was awesome. Thank you. That's very <laughs> yeah. kind of you. Thank yeah. you. Well, why don't you share with our listeners a little quick review of the five laws? Are you comfortable sharing the the five laws? Sure, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, so the, the Go-Giver, which is a, a parable, so it's a story, and it was co-authored with John David Mann, who mm-hmm. is really the guy, you know, he's the real writer. He's, the, he's a genius. I, I'm a how-to guy. I'm step one, step two, step three. In other words, I'm boring, okay? Uh, <laughs> John is a, a, a brilliant writer, so I was very uh, fortunate to write, and I want to make sure he gets the credit for that. Um, and, and the go-giver, the premise itself, is is really simply that sh- and, and it, hospitality people all know this because you all mm. do this naturally. It's, it's understanding that shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. And not for some way out there, woo-woo type of, you know, magical, mystical reasons. It makes rational sense. When you're that person who can take your focus off yourself and, and focus on making that other person happy, on, on, 
on helping solve their challenges and problems, mm -hmm. on discovering what they need, what they want, what they desire, on helping bring them closer to happiness, if you will. Mm -hmm. People feel good about you. People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They'll tell others about you, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that, so that's really what the 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 main idea of the book is about. And as you mentioned, there are five laws that, mm -hmm. that um, work around that. And those laws are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. And mm -hmm. the law of, of value, the, the first one, really just says that your true worth, in the business sense, of course, because you're worth mm -hmm. immense amounts anyway, but in the business sense, right. yeah, your, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value then you take in payment, which sounds counterproductive when you first hear that. Give more in value than I take in payment. We'll go broke, right? <laughs> so, but it's simply understanding the difference between price and value. Price mm -hmm. is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to mm -hmm. the end user or beholder. Uh, uh, in other words, what is it about this, you know, the uh, product or service or concept or idea mm -hmm. or this this night here or this weekend here or whatever that brings so much worth or value to another person that they will willingly exchange their money for it and be glad they did while you make a healthy profit? Well, I mean, it, it, this makes such uh, logical sense within the hospitality industry. Let's say that you, uh, someone stays at your, whatever it is, hotel, resort, or whatever it happens to be. And right. it's $500 a night. Okay. Uh, that's the price, but what do they receive from that? Well, they, let's say they're there on vacation. Right? Let's just say mm -hmm. they had a relaxing time. They feel energized. They feel loved and taken care of. And yes. they had all this fun and they've had this refreshing, just amazing, right? Well, they right. come away from this feeling they receive much more than the $500 they paid. Okay. Exactly. Well, the hotel, of course, made a very healthy profit. So, so in, in fact, in a in any free market based um, transaction, if you will, mm -hmm. um, and when I say free market, I simply mean no one's forced to do business with anyone else. They could stay at any hotel they want to, right? They mm -hmm. have a choice. So, in any market based transaction, there should always be two profits: the buyer or guest profits, mm -hmm. and the business profits. Because exactly. Cardi came away better off afterwards than they were beforehand. Mm -hmm. That's really what we mean by the law of value. I love that. I, I can I can relate to uh, something. Well, for, first of all, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is: It's so funny when you're when I'm reading a book and I'm I'm like, oh, I do that, and I didn't know that was a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're just like. Oh, that's a strategy. I just I have I have a feeling you do all the laws intuitively. So when you enjoyed the book, it wasn't because there was anything new in there that you didn't already know. You just related to who you already were. And, well, you know, it's yeah. just it's nice to hear it in a different way. And and there were some things I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And I'm like, how do I do that? And and that and that sort of thing. So it, it was very enlightening, but but it is neat when I read a book and I'm just like, wow, I didn't know that was a sales strategy. <laughs> and so what I'm wondering for you is how long did like 
this is obviously was who you are and why you and John put this book together. When did you realize what you were doing was a strategy? Does it, do you have a memory of when that was or, or hey, well, you know, what? this is something I could teach people. <laughs> well, I was very fortunate to be born to parents who live their life this way. And okay. so I, I got to really kind of witness that firsthand now, mm -hmm. and, and and without seeing it as any kind of in, in the business sense, just seeing it in terms of the life sense. Mm -hmm. um, but I always saw, you know, my um, uh, parents who grew up very, you know, poor and an immigrant type of, mm -hmm. you know, thing and, and, and built a nice entrepreneurial business. Well, what did they do? They gave great value and, you know, people wanted to do business with them and they, yes. you know, and, and so I always saw that. So I think intuitively it was something I was very fortunate to, to, to witness myself. Um, I would say though, I really kind of got it as a, a real concrete type of concept after I'd been in sales for a couple of years and had been doing well, but not nearly as well as I could have been sort of like Joe in the story, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember Joe? I love Joe. <laughs> we've all been Joe or Josephine. You know, we've yeah. all been that kind of average person who just was kind of had the potential, but hadn't figured out. Maybe we're even doing some things counterproductive, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and I remember being in a sales slump. And the bigger the slump I was in, the more I was focused on myself, which of course is deadly, right? Because you're, mm -hmm. you, we have to be focused on, we need to be internally motivated, but outwardly right. focused. Because right. remember, no one's doing business with us because we have a quota to meet. Right. They're, not, they're doing business with us because they believe they'll be better off by doing so. Exactly. The only reason they should be doing business with us. And so... <laughs> But so, but one of the, the, the people at the, uh, where I worked, he was an older guy. He wasn't even in the sales department. I think he was an engineer or something and he retired soon after. I didn't know him very well, but he was one of these people. And I know we've all known this type of person. He didn't say much, but whenever he did, it was always very profound. Okay. And, and he, I think he saw me as, as kind of Joe who I'd write about 25 years later, you know, is that ambitious, aggressive, young, up and coming, really working hard, getting at it, but, but very frustrated and, yeah. and whose focus was not in the right place. And he said to me one day, Berg, he was a last name kind of guy. He said, <laughs> Berg, can I give you some advice? I said, absolutely, please do. I need it. Uh -huh. and he said, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target, your mm -hmm. target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, <laughs> you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It ain't mm -hmm. the target itself. Right. And you know what I what what really hit me at that point was a realization that great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. Mm -hmm. Great salesmanship is never about the product or the service, as important as those are, that's not what it's about. Great salesmanship is always about the other person. Mm -hmm. It's about that person whose life you want to add value to. Really, it's yeah. about that person whose life is better just mm -hmm. because you are part of it. Yeah, I love that. I literally have goosebumps. Oh. I feel like I'm getting a, a whole little session here. I've like forgotten that I have an audience. 
but you think, oh, thank you. But you think about it, you know, as a hospitality professional, um, you know, isn't that really what you're doing? You're focused yes. on making that other person's life better. And it, and it doesn't have to be the whole transaction. It's just that it's that one time in the hallway when mm -hmm. they, you know, when something's bothering them or they're confused and you don't wait to be asked. You ask them, is there yes. something I can help you with? Or, you know, I'm just so, you know, and, and you you take them to where they're going and you make sure they're taken care of. Or or if mm -hmm. there's an issue that, you know, it's not your department, you, you still own responsibility for it until you get them to the person whose department it is. And, right. and you know, it's those little things. It's that smile when you greet that person because you don't know what they've been through that day. Mm -hmm. and and right, especially right now, our, our, our industry is getting so beat up um, and for many reasons. And, and so sometimes you just see that smile and you're just like, oh, yay, that smile again. It's like, yeah. oh. <laughs> it's really a different time right now. And that's, that's the whole passion behind doing this is just to remind everybody what we're all about and, and to get back to that hospitality. And um, you know, oh, excuse me. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, please, please. No, you reminded me of a great point because, you know, Kathy, my business partner and I, we hold a, uh, we hold a, um, Go Giver Entrepreneurs Academy a few times a year at a, oh, at a small hotel. And well, I was going to say that we we know that you know that the hotel has had a tough time over the the last mm -hmm. year, and and so we kind of really wanted to make sure we made them feel good. <laughs> you know yes. what I'm saying? Because yes. we knew, and all the people we had at our at our conference, you know, were, were the kind of people who were like that too. And so what we really wanted to do was make the make the hotel people feel good. And mm -hmm. because we knew they'd been going through Yes, well, and you can tell how much they appreciated that. Yes, as a hotelier, we really appreciate, it. and I know anybody listening out there appreciates that so much from all of our guests. And you know, back to the sales piece of it all. I, I throughout my career, I've been in sales once or twice, but more of catering sales and convention services. But I, I always was like, I don't, I don't want to do the sales part of it because I don't like pushing people. I like serving people. And when I, when it finally dawned on me, that's what sales is. It's all about serving. It's, it's never about pushing people. No. And so I had to really learn that uh, throughout the career because I always thought, oh no, sales are the pusher people. I want to just serve people. And that was a, a big aha. The is the 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 old English root of the word sell is salan, which meant to give. So when you're selling, you're literally giving. Now so, I didn't know that. But, right, I know, but 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 isn't that just semantics? I don't think so. Because because here's here's the thing. Let's say you're in a a selling situation. It might be talking about a client about having their bringing their convention to your mm -hmm. hotel. It might be about whatever it happens to be. Okay. But you're in a selling situation mm -hmm. when selling, what exactly are you giving? Well, I suggest you're giving time, attention, mm -hmm. counsel, education, mm -hmm. empathy, and ultimately immense value. Mm -hmm. So when you look at selling exactly as you said, as serving, as giving. Yes. That's exactly, you know, what we're, what we're talking about. And you know, when I, I'm a visual person and I all read concepts in the book and I always love that example. I love how you teed it all up with a, a story about Joe, because then I love to see things in real examples. I'm going to give everybody uh, an example from me. And again, 
at this time, I had no idea this was a strategy. <laughs> I just did it. And you know what? It's not, it's, um, I, I, and this is not, is not necessarily a, a good quality to have. <laughs> it can backfire on me too. But whenever I am working with people or, or talking with people, I'm always like, how do I solve their problems? You know, sometimes people just want you to be there to listen. But yes, I, Oh, that's <laughs> right. Oh, I get that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I have that tendency as well. So, so yes, I always I like to solve everyone's problems. Yeah. Oh, here. Oh, here. So when we would do sales calls and we would go and do like sales blitz throughout our, our industry, you know, in our market, mm -hmm. um, every place where I was connecting with people, you know, I, you know, we'd talk and connect and I'd hear and I'd start solving their problem. Like, oh, well, I have some ideas on that. <laughs> and I said, you know what, this is what our, our, our sales um, blitzes are going to be about from now on. Every time before we go out, we're going to think of something we can do to help the the businesses we're visiting, how they can thrive. And it, it first started back in Illinois when um, uh, gay marriage became illegal. And so I we, we were visiting all these catering, very small mom and pop type catering facilities, and they didn't know anything about it really and how to tap it. I'm like, have you tapped into this market yet? And I gave them all these great resources to tap into that market. Well, soon we became the number one hotel for all of these different venues because every time we went out, we were helping them be more yeah. successful. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and then well, like reading your book, I was like, yeah, that's a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, that's yeah. what, a, what a great story. Yeah. So think about that uh, for all of you out there, you know, in your sales journeys, you know, what is it before you go out? What is it you were going to offer a value like our number one law um, to help uh, the, the client? And I, and I just love that so much. I just thought, I thought when I, that was one of the first things I was thinking about when I, when I was reading that about that. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so now I know one of the principles in the book is influence. Mm -hmm. And in our industry, uh, you know, I've always recognized influential leadership, you know, whether you're, no matter what your title is, if, if you don't have a title, or you do have a title. Um, I, I've known leaders who lead through influence. And so I love to hear a little bit more about that, what that means to you and, and being an influential leader. So you brought up something earlier that was that was brilliant and you didn't even know it. <laughs> I love being brilliant when I don't know it. <laughs> you know, you were talking about about sales and, and thinking, well, I don't want to be pushy. I want to yeah. serve. Well, it's the same with leadership and influence. Yes. Right. So you think about what is influence and i and i think it's best to take it on two different levels okay. there's the, the 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 basic level the definition of influence right which is simply the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action usually within the context of a specific goal by mm -hmm. definition that is influence mm -hmm. now that's the definition it's not its essence right the essence of influence is pull not push Right. Okay, I love Great that. Influencers don't push themselves. They don't push their ideas on others. They don't. They don't. Um, they're not pushy. Right. You never hear people say, "Hey, that David or that Suzanne, she is so influential. She has a lot of push." <laughs> right. No. <laughs> she always tells me what to do. A lot of pull. Right. 
Well, that's what influence is. It's pull. It's an attraction. Great influencers attract people first to themselves and only then to their ideas. Now, the question becomes, how? How does that manifest? How does how does a, a, what we call a genuine influencer, how do they do that? Well, first, I think any great influencer understands on both a... Uh, an intellectual level and a heart level. Mm-hmm. What um, what I believe was Dale Carnegie's underlying premise in his classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And this yeah. is where he wrote, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. Mm-hmm. The great influencer ask themselves questions first to make sure they're facing in the right direction. Your focus should be on them. Now, mm-hmm. internally motivated, outwardly focused. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the genuine influencer asks themselves questions, and I know you do this intuitively, and that is, how does what I'm asking this person to do, how does it align with their goals, with mm-hmm. their wants, with their needs, with their desires? Mm-hmm. How does what I want this other person to do, how does it align with their values. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And again, this is whether sales or leadership, which is all influence, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. When we ask ourselves these questions thoughtfully, intelligently, um, genuinely, authentically, not, not as a way to manipulate another human being into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process. Now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's commitment Mm -hmm. As opposed to trying to depend on some type of compliance. You know, real quickly, one of my greatest mentors, her name is Dondi Skumachi. She's just a wonderful human being. She works with some of the biggest companies, teams in the world on mentorship and leadership. Here's what Dondi says, and I think this is so brilliant. She says, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to influence, compliance will never take you where commitment can go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that just gave me goosebumps. Down to you is pretty brilliant. Like yeah, you. Yeah. You, you, you love her. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, what was her last name? I loved yeah. it. And it's Dondi Skumachi. Dondi Yeah, well, her husband is. I but she she goes right in there with it. She yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm just, I'm definitely going to look her up. Yeah. And it, it, it reminds me when just, just speaking of that, um, again, I love to give a visual uh, with Mar- when I was with Marriott, my entire, my last role there as an operations director across the country is, um, it was all influential. I didn't hold anybody accountable to their goals and whatnot. I was all influential. And I remember trying, okay, we need as a portfolio to increase cleanliness scores across the way. And I could say, you know, compliance, compliance, you've got to do this and whatnot. But instead I went with our director, area directors. And I said, I understand what that your, um, uh, review uh, we had a special name for it but just to to explain your your performance review is based off of the cleanliness scores and here's i want to make sure you are getting your full you know bonus potential your da da da, da. and here are some ideas i have you about how- them oh i love you you're amazing well well i don't know about that but but just putting that 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 great 
um, message into a tactical real life idea. If you're working with someone, what is their bonus on? What is their uh, success or what results based on? Mm -hmm. And then tie it into that. Um, I, so I, I love exactly. that. And, and, and yeah, thinking about how you can influence them by helping them win. Not focus. by helping you win. Focus on them. If you remember yeah. those three words, yeah, focus honestly. on them. <laughs> Focus on them. You know, I mean, I, I love it. I love it so much. Um, so, uh, do you have? I, there's a couple. There's so many things I want to ask you. <laughs> do you have? Is there anyone? Because you're in the business of sales, and you know, I really realized that going off on my own to consult and speak and all that mm -hmm. is really all about sales because it's not mm -hmm. about speaking and consulting. It's exactly. about getting your next gig. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> So do you have any one or two great tips for the salespeople out there? And first of all, I've got to say, I can't imagine any company not wanting to have you keynote their conference or convention. <laughs> you can put that as a quote, you know. Okay. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I appreciate that. Let's see, we can add to that. Uh, let's see. She is an absolute delight, knowledgeable, wise, wonderful Dot, dot, dot. You know how they always have those on the, you know. Yes, yes. I'm going to clip this. <laughs> You're the best, Bob. <laughs> so any other like real uh, juicy sales tip that you like, oh, this, I mean, aside from everything we just talked about, it's about service. It's about giving the value. But mm -hmm. anything that stand out to you? Yeah. It, it's understanding that you communicate value by asking questions. Uh, yes, yes. You know, and then listening because what is selling really? You know, by definition, I'd say it's discovering what the other person wants, needs, or desires and helping them to get it. Yes. Well, how do we know? How do we know what they, because as human beings, we all see the world from our own unique viewpoint, our own personal belief systems, right? Mm -hmm. Based on, you know, upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, everything that comes into our, we see the world a certain way. Yeah. And we tend to think that everybody else sees the world basically the same way, which makes intuitive sense. How could it be any different? It's all we know, right? But it's mm -hmm. not true. They, they value different things mm -hmm. in different ways. Yes. You know? I, I always use the express. I speak to a lot of real estate groups. So I use the, the example of, uh, of a, a realtor showing someone around a home and being in the living room and saying, Oh, you know what I love most about this living room? Well, who cares? It's, it's what they love the most. Right. Right. What do right. you love? Right. About right. <laughs> so, yeah. so you may think like with your property that there's a certain mm -hmm. thing they should love about it. Mm -hmm. You don't know that's true. Right. What you find to be a very valuable aspect of your property might mean nothing to them. Right. Or it might mean a lot to them. You don't know mm -hmm. until you ask the questions. Yes. With story. weddings, one of the questions I love to say, ask is, is what is something you really loved at one of the weddings you've been to recently? And, and what's something you didn't like at one of the weddings you've been to recently? And then sure. it really starts to help, you know, identify. Exactly. Yes, I, I love that. That's a, yes, questions. And even questions like this, um, if you, you want to go right into your picture, right into what your benefits and what your offer is. But if you even just say, 
can I ask you a few questions to establish how I can personalize this, this experience for you? And if you ask those questions, again, a lot of what's in my book about putting the guest in control is you, you're putting them in control and they're saying, yes, you can ask me those questions or no. But if you just no, go that, right great. into it. You know, yes, we, yeah, we always like to ask, you know, for permission to ask yeah. questions. To, yeah, oh, absolutely. I See, I told you, I just, I love you. You're, you're the best. <laughs> love you. <laughs> you could have written the book. Like, I'm, we're going to retitle the book. You and John Mann have now written that go-giver. No, not at all. <laughs> but uh, I, it's, uh, it, it just, it just spoke to me so, so much. That's why I, I shared it as one of my Sunday sensational reads and, and all that. I love it. You guys are, are awesome. All right. So now as a hospitality gal, I've got to ask you, I could sit here for all day, but I know I'm going to respect your time. Um, as uh, an elite member or a um, loyalty traveler, I know you're a big traveler. You travel all over the world talking about your book and whatnot. Um, and consulting companies, what is something that makes you feel appreciated and valued as a loyalty member? I, I love asking my guests this. So I think in a sense, it, it goes back, if you've ever read the book, The Five Love Languages yes. by Dr. Gary Chapman, yes, and he was talking about the different ways we experience love, right? Yes. But that yes. actually works in all areas of life. Yes, in terms of. So my top one, and, and for those who haven't read the book, you, you won't necessarily know the reference, but it's a great book. So if you get a chance yeah. to read The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, but one of them is acts of service. Mm -hmm. And I, I think what, what means a lot to me when I stay somewhere or when I go somewhere is when they do something that is not expected of them, but they're doing it to make my life easier. Yes. Do you no, have, no. Does anything stand out that a hotel has done for you like that? Oh, gosh. And I'm not putting you on the spot here. No, it, it's not that it's putting me on the spot. It's just there are so many times that that oh, happens. I love that. that. I, it's like I can't really, you know, think of one. So, so for example, one of them on his his list is, is gifts. Gifts mm -hmm. to me isn't a big thing. So like when I get the, you know, the big fruit basket, things like that, well, I enjoy the eating it, but that's not, to me, that's not a big thing. That's just, it's nice. It's a, it's a nice touch, but it's not something that means a lot to me. Yeah, right. Because I'm not a gift person. But right. when, when I know that like, let's say we have something with our room, because when, you know, when we hold a conference somewhere or something mm -hmm. and the people, and I, I just seem to meet so many nice people when they'll go out of their way to like open something, move it around, ask us, you know, do you need this to do, you know, and, and you know, I, to me, those things, those acts of service say we care. That, yeah, hundred percent. I, I, oh, I can think of so many. I spent my life living to do those things. And, yeah. and that's why I love <laughs> asking this question to see, because again, everybody is different. Somebody might think, oh, I love having the fruit basket. Well, oh yeah. Well, and, and that's, you, know? you make a great point. It's yeah. Different people value different things mm -hmm. differently. I, so, I yeah, well, absolutely. Yes. Uh, so one time as a general manager, I would, I sent at the end of the year, I was kind of like wrapping up, sending it to all my top 50 guests that stayed, you know, throughout the year and whatnot. And I sent them a little survey, um, finding out what, yeah, how I can make their stay more awesome in the new year. And one person wrote back, um, that can you put the garbage cans back at the outside entrance? <laughs> mm -hmm. And I said, hot damn demolition, man. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. So yes, yes is the answer. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna really put you on the spot. Okay. Do you want to share what your favorite brand of hotel is? Oh God. <laughs> I, well, you know, I, I, again, I have just, um, you know, just as a speaker, I've gotten to stay in some of like the, you I know, most it. fantastic places. And, and again, it, it's the interesting, when I say fantastic, I, I, I'm not as concerned about the bells and whistles mm -hmm. as much as when I say, I'm thinking about how they've gone out of their way to make the stay well. So again, it's just how we, we picture things. Yeah. Um, I've got to say that, that. Throughout the years, consistently, I've always found Marriott to be, you know, just a consistently wonderful brand. I mean, you know, they've just always been fantastic with me. I love it. And is there any particular sub-brand in the chain? There's 30 brands. Um, is I personally, I, I happen to love Courtyards. Oh, very nice. Because to me, again, I'm a convenience person. Uh -huh. So to me, everything about courtyards is really, really convenient. I love, oh, I love that. Yeah. And you know what? Staying for me, staying at those big fancy resorts, you know, it's fun and it's exciting, but it's like so much. It's it's like you need GPS to find right. right. Well, exactly. And see, I'm a convenience person, yeah, so to I like me, to pull that, up yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I have to show you something. I've got my captain courtyard right here. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's the last brand that I was a general manager at. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I love courtyard too. I love courtyard. Um, oh, you're just so great. I, can see, I swear I could talk to you forever. But um, yeah, as the chief fun officer here at the Wise Pineapple, I want to make room for a little bit of fun. And I know that you are an unforgivingly, unapologetic animal fanatic. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> all right. So tell me, um, first of all, you must have a pet. Um, I don't now. My my last one passed. And so um, so I've been fostering uh, kittens, rescue kittens. I, I, I'm one of the people with an organization that I'm one of their fosters. So oh, usually so have cool. about two or three at a time. We get them all uh, taken care of. Uh, we get them we get the kittens fat and healthy and ready for uh them to be spayed and neutered and then move on to to their forever homes and that so forth so so, yeah now oh. your your pet that you just recently had what was his or her name uh that was calvin the cute little cat he was my best best buddy for gosh five or six years got him i think he was he was a you know he was a, a rescue and he was uh oh. we think he was about five or six years old Oh. And uh, he was just a delight. I just just adored him. Now I you know. So the interesting thing is, I grew up with dogs. First of all, I love all animals, mm. all animals. But I was a dog per. Well, I still am really in my heart dog person. I just we always had two or three dogs at okay. a time, and I just. Um, it's difficult because of all the travel I do. It's difficult, and I live in a condo, so it's kind of difficult for me to have have dogs. So, um, so. Uh, so having Calvin, you know, that was a uh, cat was a little easier. And of course, with the uh, babies, you know, the, the foster kittens, uh -huh. you know, they stay in the house, you know, so it's not some, um, of course, Calvin stayed in the house too, but we had a patio that he could, he could go out on, but uh, cats should be in the house. There, there's really no reason for them to be outside. Right. right. Dangerous, actually. And so, um, but, um, but yeah, so, so I'm, I'm kind of uh, at this point, a, a cat foster daddy, 
I love it. Now, in your life, have you ever had a unique pet? Unique in what regard? Maybe like just a different kind, like not a cat or dog. Oh, uh, no. Uh, I, I had a, I had, I have had a bunny. <laughs> oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're cute. They're so yeah, they're so cute. I loved it. My, I call my husband bunny. So I didn't get a bunny. <laughs> so that's yeah, so funny. And have you ever gone on a trip with one of your dogs or cats or uh, a pets? No. No, no, never, okay. no, never, never have. And, uh, yeah. but whenever I've, I've left, you know, we always, uh, you know, Calvin always had a babysitter. So there was, you know, he didn't have to be alone. He did not like when I, when I left. Yes. And, well, uh, we have a lot of brands in Marriott and in Hilton and in yeah. IHG, all the brands yeah. um, that are pet friendly. So even if just to get your uh, pet fill, you might want to stay at a pet friendly hotel and just run into those dogs. <laughs> oh, I love when that happens. Yeah I, yeah. I love when that happens. Yeah. All right. I've got a couple fun questions just for you. Okay. All right. Complete this sentence. All right. Something that would surprise you about me, meaning you, is what would surprise us about you? Oh, that I'm very, very much an introvert. That is so shocking. So many speakers are introverts. Mm -hmm. That is very interesting. That it does that actually it does surprise me. Um, I am not. <laughs> oh, gee, I, I could never, never would've, would've in any way you know. ever. <laughs> All right, if you could do something dangerous just once with no risk, what would you do? Okay, so here's the thing. I wouldn't. <laughs> I am a chicken. There was a, you know, there would be a Jeopardy question, and, and I know you jumped out of planes and all that stuff. I, uh, there would be a Jeopardy question. Uh, it will. The answer is it will never ever happen. The question is Bob Berg. What is Bob Berg jumping out of an airplane or yeah. anything dangerous? Yeah, it'll never, ever happen. Never happen. Okay. All right. Maybe even just trying a uh, spicy food. Uh, you know. <laughs> I think I'd rather jump out of a plane than try spicy food. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here's a big one here. If you could have two front row tickets to any concert, who are you seeing? Uh, so I think heart with Nancy oh. Wilson and Ann Wilson. Uh, I think Ann has the voice of an angel and, um, and Nancy, I think is such an amazing guitar player. Uh, and I'd love, love to see them in person. In fact, I, I, on Twitter, there was a, a thing where they were going to be doing a tour and I wrote and say, why are you coming to South Florida? You know, because as soon as I knew it, I'd have been buying first row seats to, to yeah. that one. And again, I don't leave the house. I'm an introvert. I really don't go anywhere. I would, I would go to watch them uh play that really surprised uh, me and that's awesome i i would be with you there <laughs> yeah. and uh and let's see you said two concerts so i'm trying to think who else i would uh who i would see i mean there's so many great talented you know amazing i know who else would i see um gosh i'm thinking like emerson lake and palmer but now i'm like really dating myself and of course uh, uh, <laughs> Um, I think it was uh, Emerson who passed away, unfortunately. How about for this one, a living or dead? Uh, gosh, the Beatles would, you know, or, you know, that, that would have to be right, right up there. Right <laughs> up there. For yeah. me, it would be Elvis. 
Oh yeah. Well, I, she. Did, yeah, did a, you what, ever get the chance to do that to see Elvis? Did I? Uh, no, no, no. I never, yeah. Never did. Uh, as old uh, as I am, I never did uh, did get a chance to see him. Nope. Yeah, I, I yeah I would uh, I I know a few people who have actually had the chance to see him, Must but have been an yeah, experience. yeah, I know I, that that would totally be mine. It would be Elvis, but I don't know the, the one you just mentioned, Emerson. Oh, Emerson Lake and Palmer. They were they were very big when I was growing up in the seventies. They had a couple okay. of great. Well, they had a number of great songs, but a couple of them were like uh, Carn Evil Nine was was like their biggest hit. Um, uh, lucky man. They, they, they had a few, you'd recognize them if you heard them, Okay, but they've been kind of out of the picture for so long now that you, yeah. you might not. Yeah. But that would be great. I love it. Well, <laughs> tell everybody where they can connect with you and learn more about your book and about you and your animal advocacy. Maybe if you have a special charity, share that too. Oh, you know what? Okay. So, so there's a woman in India and let me, you know, I love, so I'm going to have to get you her, her, um, address. She, she feeds the street dogs of India in her oh. town. And, um, and believe me, she can use any donations that she can get. I mean, this is not a wealthy woman. This is a person who just, she dedicates her life to, to feeding the, and, um, but I'll, and I'll, I'll get the pay, her PayPal link and send it to you. If, Perfect. If I'll put it in the show notes. That would yeah. be awesome. Oh awesome. my gosh. That would be wonderful. Yes. Um, other than that, people can connect with me at Berg, B-U-R-G dot com. They can check out my books and uh, get a chapter if they'd like to oh. um, see if they, you know, they can read a chapter first to see if they like where it's headed. Then they can always click through uh, mm -hmm. to Amazon or wherever they'd like. And then uh, the other thing is we have a, a, a weekly membership community mm -hmm. called Go-Giver Success Alliance. And it's really cool because we we meet doing a Zoom meeting once a week. Although we have things going on, all this. So as long as someone has a smartphone, they can be connected with us. You know, seven days a week, twenty four hours. But um, but we have one weekly Zoom call with some very successful people, and there's about thirty five or forty of us who meet, and we we exchange ideas, we learn together, we we share, we discuss, we strategize, we collaborate, we build these amazing relationships. Love and it. that would be something I would welcome people to take a look at. It's really I cool. love it. And I've got the link up there too. And I'll put all oh, that in the show you. notes. That's oh, perfect. <laughs> well, I know I took you over time and I just appreciate it. I could sit here all day with you. <laughs> well, like, likewise, likewise. <laughs> Thank you. But we end every huddle with great energy. You want to end the huddle with me with some great energy? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think our phrase of the day was it's about them. Fo focus on them. Focus oh, we can on say them. it's about them. That's that's fine. Let's go with it's about them. I like okay. that one even better. Okay. okay so I love it. I love I it. Start three, two, one, or one, two, three. You choose. Okay. We're going to go. Oh, well, I'm going to be wild and crazy and go backwards here. <laughs> Everybody put your hand in, and Bob's going to count us down. Three, two, one. It's about, it's them. about them. I love you so much, Bob. Thank you so Likewise. much for being here. Likewise. I really appreciate you. Keep Thank doing you. the good work. <laughs> yeah, you too. Thank you, Bob.